On this episode of Resi Week, Bowers and Wilkins has been purchased by EVA Automation. What exactly is the value in smart appliances? Plus, Cedia has a brand new program to help integrators figure out exactly how profitable they are. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 15, recorded Monday, May 9th, 2016. Don't make me think. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Milestone AV. This is Resi Week, the weekly look at the residential and home market for the audiovisual industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us this week. Uh, my buddy, pal, and oh yeah, by the way, he runs Cedia. His name is Ben Bruno. How are you, sir? I'm terrific, Tim. Happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, also with us uh, from the other side of the uh, the country, her name is Delia Hansen. She's my arch rival when it comes to sports, but she's very nice, so be, be, be cool to her. How are you, ma'am? Doing great. Good. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely, uh, Delia is is a is a Packers fan and a Hawks fan, so that way you know, do the exact opposite of what I am. Um, <laughs> last but not least, uh, first time up for him, his name is Henry Clifford. Uh, he is from Live Wire. How are you, sir? Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, Great absolutely. To be here. And if you're watching the video, no, Henry is not driving while he is video conferencing with us. No driving, he's, just parked. He's stationary. I'd like to say it's the first time that we've had that happen, but it's not. So, <laughs> so it's, it, I'm not saying it's common occurrence. I'm just saying it's not the first time. Um, and, and that's the nice thing about, you know, technology and what we do. All right. Uh, first and foremost, uh, from our buddy uh, Ted Green over at strategy.com. Bowers and what on earth did he do? He's going to add right here. <laughs> I'll have to talk to him about that. Bowers and Wilkins announced this morning that they have been acquired by EVA Automation. Uh, EVA is a Silicon Valley-based technology company founded two years ago by Gideon Yu. Oh, yeah. He also owns the Niners. So there's that. <laughs> so basically, uh, in a roundabout way, and to continue the sports analogies, Bowers and Wilkins is now owned by the Niners. That's kind of mm -hmm. cool. Uh, Vin, we'll start with you. This is not the first acquisition that's come out of the world of audiovisual in the last month. It's not going to be the last, let's be honest. So right. this one specifically, and then maybe some overarching, what does this mean for, for uh, the folks who, who are putting in uh, B&W? Uh, I, I think it's a great thing. First of all, Gideon Yu, uh, he's, he's, he's open. Yeah. You know, he had uh, a terrific interview with... Uh, you know, Julie uh, had the opportunity to interview him, and he wants to be very visible to our industry. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing him at our, sh you know, at our show. Um, so he's an enthusiast. He's an, uh, you know, an audiovisual enthusiast, and I think that uh, he's going to drive quality uh, uh, in the organization. What I love, 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 love is that Evo Automation now becomes Bowers and Wilkins. So. You know, the, the name of the new organization is B&W, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's still led by the same folks at B&W. Nothing is changing. Their product roadmap is the same, uh, and but now they've got, a, you know, more visibility behind them. So, you know, the, the owner 
this is what's really cool. The owner of the uh, the 49ers is now Bowers and Wilkins. So how cool is that? Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Um, Delia, kind of the same uh, question along the same lines is, is, is what does this do for, for the industry? And, and, and not for nothing, but, but there have been multiple um, pieces written about trying to raise the level of vision that, that the market as a whole, the population as a whole, you know, has about AV, right? Um, whether that's trying to get into Best Buy or, 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 you know, getting exposure at CES or what have you. Having somebody of this level and you is, is very great and, and, and wants to be open, what does that do for, obviously, Bowers and Wilkins, but also for, for the industry as a whole and getting somebody with that level of, of, of exposure, I guess? I think it raises the level of, of legitimacy for us as a market space. Um, a lot of times people look at us as just being the tweaky people who are into esoteric type stuff and we're the mad scientists who make things work. Um, but the desire from the community to actually own products that make our lives better, both through entertainment, comfort, convenience, safety, security, all these different aspects, with the brands that we currently have, we've done a really good job in very specific areas. Like BMW is a great speaker. And how do you translate that into an experience that fits in your entire home and every aspect of your home system? Bringing that together with an automation company is a really neat bridge because you're, you're taking something that's already known as a great entity and combining it with a future. He wants to reimagine home automation. So you can, I mean, what does that mean? We don't even know, but we've got money behind it. We've got a, a driving force behind it. And now we have this massive legitimacy behind it. So it's just going to elevate everything for all of us. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Henry, from your standpoint and from an integration standpoint, an integrator's standpoint, um, what does this do for, not, you know, um, not just your relationship with, with BMW, but also for kind of uh, getting your clients familiar with with kind of what you do and, and probably not your existing ones but but new ones as, as they learn about you sure well i mean certainly there's a lot of a lot of nostalgia for for bmw and also a lot it's a very aspirational brand so it, it's it's going to be interesting too because I've, I've felt over the last few years uh there there'd been some moves from bmw that we thought we'd never see we, we thought we didn't think we'd see BMW in big box. We didn't think we'd see BMW in some of the, making some of the SKUs that they ended up making. So I think from an integration integrator dealer perspective, it gives uh, BMW a chance to hit the reset button a little bit with their dealer base. Uh, and, and we'll see sort of what's next. So there's that sort of uncertainty and that sort of momentum that can build from the announcement of a deal like this. Uh, but on the flip side, or, or just, you know, just another way to look at it. Anytime you see investment, you know, uh, sort of, you know, the, the, the guys that I talk to who are BMW dealers, you know, other folks in, in my buying group and around the country, um, you know, nobody, nobody's plowing money into a company that doesn't want it back at some True. point. Absolutely. So, so the, the, it's going to be interesting to see the strategy and, you know, are, are they going to back, the you know our our channel are they going to back the sort of traditional cedia uh, uh, world and and not and, and sort of resist the temptation to um, to to big box some more uh, so so those unknowns are are certainly interesting to ponder right now but I think the biggest opportunity for them right now is to hit the reset button with the brand 
which again is is very aspirational and, and it's just got a ton of momentum behind it. No, that's very cool. And I think to 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 Ven's point, I mean, the fact that that you is already reaching out to people like Julie Jacobson at CE Pro. You know, Julie's been in this business business a long time. She knows a ton of people, and, and for for that side of it to be willing to talk to to Julie is is absolutely great and, and a great first step. So, um, and if I can yes, add, Tim, you know, the the leadership behind uh, the new Bowers and Wilkins, uh, you know, they these folks have led Yahoo and Facebook. So the fact that they know how to create awareness for our uh, industry is huge. Because right now, you know. Uh, Henry, our, I think our biggest problem is that, uh, you know, too many of our home technology professionals rely on word of mouth, you know, for, for their sales. And this is the kind of component that we need to drive mainstream media uh, to our industry so that uh, there's an awareness where homeowner clients know who to find and why. So, And they sure don't have a pulpit to do that from right now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, up next is this is something that we've talked about a couple times, and thank God for for CNET for providing us fodder. Um, but CNET a, n- a number of months ago they bought a house uh, specifically to try to turn it into a smart home, and they've written several pieces, and, and we'll put a link to this one specifically, and you can go back and see the different things they've done. They've done locks, they've done uh, coffee pots, stuff like this. The one that they posted this week actually kind of got me um, because it's it's a it's a good question in general. I think. Um, Maybe it's the fact that I just walked through an Ikea a couple weeks ago and saw all their wonderful kitchens and and their appliances. But here's the question for them, uh, or from CNET. And and Delia, I'm going to start with you just because Claire Controls does a lot of control and automation, and so we'll kick it off with you on this. They talk about a number of smart appliances. And let's, let's kind of clarify appliance. We're talking about ranges. We're talking about refrigerators. Devices that are big and, and bulky and something you don't necessarily associate with the word smart or connected, right? Um, they looked at Whirlpools, they looked at LGs, um, GEs. Uh, Samsung also has, has a line of them as well. My question is, do we need a connected appliance? Do we need a connected refrigerator? Um, and if so, I, mean, what, I guess why? And, and if not... Why, I mean, why are they out there then? That, that is the exact question that CNET came to at the end. Yes. They're, they were looking at the refrigerator and range, and they're like, we literally will tell you. We don't think you should buy any of these. Yep. Stick with smaller appliances that try to do one or two things. And then uh, the guy in it actually alluded to the fact that there's a few smart devices you can add to your dumb refrigerator to get the information that they were looking for, which was expiration date, what needs to be reordered, and that kind of deal. Um, And that the manufacturers themselves are kind of throwing mud on a wall to see what sticks right now. You know, what features are consumers going to actually want to employ? And then, again, the last part, uh, the the lady had mentioned that the stove, although $3,000, wasn't a particularly good stove. So it's Wi-Fi enabled and you can preheat it while you're on your way home, which I would find completely uh, unnerving for me because I have a kid. So I don't want to do anything with my stove that I can't see myself doing while I'm doing it. So there are some things about it that really make me nervous as a consumer, not just thinking about the technology. And I 
almost have to agree with the fact that there's probably going to be a few things you can add to just normal dumb appliances that will make them smart enough to do the two or three things that you really want, which is not have milk go bad yep. and reorder milk and eggs when they're they're gone so you come home and they're there. Um, but I think Amazon's trying to do that with the little tags that they've got. So, the buttons, you know, yes. Yeah, the buttons. Oh, Once I you're on the tide, you just tap the button and new tide comes on Tuesday. I, I tell you what, it, it, I'm going to ask a question really quickly about, about the stove, but we'll get back to the buttons. Is it Would it make a difference if it, uh, depending on the type of stove? Let's focus on that for a second, right? Because there is a difference between a gas stove and an electric stove, right? I mean, there are certain inherent dangers. <laughs> if if the pilot light is out or what have you, obviously you have a gas, you know, a leak problem happening. Would that make that you feel better bad. or not? Well, that definitely wouldn't make me feel good, but this was preheating the oven itself. Well, I know, but if it was electric oven versus a a, a, a gas oven, gas. would the electric make you feel better or no? Absolutely not. No, no preheating, nothing. If I'm not home. Oh, I just don't know. I don't okay. want to preheat if I'm not there. I'm just I'm trying to gauge your level of of you know your risk to to uh, to benefit. Risk to benefit, that, yes. and that's what consumers are going to do. They're going to yeah. weigh their risk to benefit. And right now. Seeing as the manufacturer hasn't been able to identify the benefit to really start exploiting it, the measurement really skews to the to the to the side of you're either going to have just early adopters, people who just want something that's cool, and I, I think they'll get better. It will be identifying where the need is. Um, I think personally for smart appliances, sensors become much more important than the actual appliance itself, like sensing whether or not something has gone bad or is missing or if the range is on. That Now, that's important to me. That's important. Did I leave the coffee pot on or the stove on and leave the house? So it, it's. I, I think that they really need to figure out what's going to be important to people instead of what might be like we're just not there yet no i think you're right they're, they're just throwing things at the at the wall and seeing what sticks so henry um from your standpoint and, and the the clients that you talk to is this something that they're looking at or looking forward um are they trying to be early adopters like delia said or are they just kind of holding back and waiting to see what what rises to the surface yeah a couple of really uh, a couple of scenarios we've been faced with over the past few years one is in the assistive technology space Cl customers we have maybe who who uh, or, or in wheelchairs, or, or they can't, or they have, you know, a challenge, challenges some other way, physical uh, challenges, right? Well, well, they'll ask for remote control over their stove or their oven. And up until this point, it's our, our stance has been exactly, and, and will continue to be exactly what Delia is saying, which is, man, you imagine if something goes wrong with that, that remote control capability, the closest we've come is. There's a company out there called Cookstop, which makes a, 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 a gadget, which is a motion sensor that actually inline plugs with the, the It's got a motion sensor. If you're not around the stove, it shuts the thing off. But I think the, the manufacturers are ignoring the, the, the things that we really want to understand about our appliances, which are, are they running, are they running optimally? Are we getting the performance out of our appliances that we, we'd like? Um, when are the, the, and, and some of some of the article speaks to some of the filters running low and things like that. But our, we we went into a kitchen design center a few years ago when Control Four and Wolf and Sub Zero partnered on the a uh, a driver to allow Wolf and Sub Zero control, and we installed it and it worked. But there there was no adoption because 
there really wasn't a scenario where anybody found it useful. But, um, you know, the, the scenarios where we find it useful, if you look at the car, I happen to be sitting in one, right? That, that's a good leading <laughs> indicator of where we where these manufacturers should be focusing. I want to know if the engine's not running well. I don't want to know if the bridge needs, you know, needs service, etc. Those basic sensors delivering feedback, that's where we should start. Not, I put a, the, this sort of fancy uh, scenario, this movie we've seen over and over and over again, where you, you put a frozen turkey in in the morning and somehow magically you're remote controlling it from Junior's baseball game. That movie has played over and over and over again. Uh, over the, I've seen this this same run at it for the last ten years, and it, I, I just don't see this, but that particular aspect of it catching hold. But but we do need performance data, and that we can automate around from these appliances, including HVAC systems. I completely agree with Henry. Like when it comes down to what do I really want to know about my refrigerator? Did my kid leave the refrigerator door open? Bingo. Like am I suddenly losing cool because the the door and, is And can open? you close it? Right? Yeah, sure. That that would be nice just being able to just re, re shut or, the door. Or yeah, or even better, the, you left the door open, I shut it for you. Have a nice day. Have a nice there day. There you go, even better. Don't make me think. <laughs> right. Well, I'd like to interject, you know, our opportunity as an industry is that anything that can be connected will be connected and there's nothing easy about connecting to a home's Wi-Fi network. So even though today we have these, uh, you know, the introduction of these connected appliances, we don't really know what the use uh, is for these appliances, but you know what? Within the next five years, it'll actually be cheaper for these appliance manufacturers to make connected devices than it would be without them. So, you know, how we use them, you know, it's, that's, the, the future will tell. But uh, for us as an industry, uh, I think connected appliances are a great opportunity. And yes, I agree with you about sensors. And, you know, my excitement is that sensors are getting better and that one inexpensive sensor can detect, detect multiple things like gas leaks. No, absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, one last story here before I, I let you get out of here, and we'll, we're going to talk about Cedia here, here. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about Cedia before we do that. Um, then, real quickly, and there's not really a story here. Just hey, the the fact that your awards, um, the deadline for the awards have been extended. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're not familiar with with the Cedia awards, uh, Cedia first and foremost is is happening in September of this year. Um, it's in Dallas, so let, let, we'll put a link up to how you register for the show if you're going, uh, or if you're not going, you get to see Delia there, so that right there is absolutely worth the plane fare to Dallas. Um, and, and not just Delia, but, uh, actually, I, I met Delia actually last year at Cedia, and, and Claire has one of the coolest integrations with Amazon Echo that I have ever seen. And currently up, you know, currently to date, what I've seen is, is, probably one of the best home automation uh, integrations with, with Amazon Echo. So that's why yeah. you should go. Um, but you, you sent me something, right? And I've got to figure out a way to make this happen on this pages, on this episode's uh, page. But you, you sent me something about the profit action plan. Right. What is, what, first of all, what is a profit action plan? And if I'm a mem member of CDA, how do I get in on it? Right. So um, there's a link, uh, research. Uh, well, actually, uh, you can email research at cd.org. 
and uh, we'll send you everything that you need to know. The Profit Action Plan is for uh, member home technology professionals, and it allows you just over the, it, it takes 30 minutes to complete the survey, which then allows for a comparison of how your business uh, is doing compared to other home technology professional firms, uh, how you're doing relative to strategic and business planning, financial management, operations, project management, marketing, and sales. And, you know, the key to it, it's a $2,500 study if you were to go out and try and do it on your own. This way you have the benefit of your entire community and how you compare to it. So it's one of uh, our member benefits. Okay. Now, what we're going to do is is take from Henry's side, what what are the benefits of doing that, right? What are the benefits of, of comparing yourself to others and comparing your profitability to others in your same industry and, and at your same level? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank, thanks to Cedia for, for taking, taking steps in this direction. Uh, we, we have been benchmarking against other, other folks in the industry sort of, uh, with, with, with an industry, with an industry consultant, uh, for the last six years. And then we, we do the benchmarking survey, but, at the end of the day, the benefit is you get to see how you're doing versus other companies in different markets. And it's, it's, um, it's stunning how fragmented of an industry we are. Um, don't quote me, but I think the average CDA, the average CDA company is, is sort of a one to two man shop doing less than 500,000 in top line. And so in, in those different revenue levels, there are these sort of no man's lands or as, as an entrepreneur where, where you realize that what got you to a certain point is not going to get you to the next, to the next stage. So you leave the dock hoping that the light at the end of the tunnel isn't in fact a freight train coming straight at you. So the, the survey results enable you to say, Hey, wow, I'm, I'm getting $160,000 revenue per employee. We should really be at $200,000 per employee. Hey, wait, look, here's a company that's doing that. Let me call up this, right. this, this yeah. person and let's let's share information. And in fact, Cedia just last year launched Cedia Groups, which is which takes it to the next step where you can you can take your survey data and join a group where you're with other companies which are doing um, sort of a range of, of revenue uh, above and below you. Uh, to to get together once a month, share information, learn from each other, and work on your businesses so that over and over and over again, you're not coming up with the same problems. You, know, you fix one problem, you move on, and before you know it, I joined a roundtable group like this eight years ago here in Richmond, and we're six times the size we were when we joined because of benchmarking, because of comparing data. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's Thank huge. You. Yeah. And then, and the groups have been terrific. So it, the groups that uh, CD groups that uh, Henry describes, they're not not competitive situations. You know, you're able to talk to somebody in a different region and talk about your business. Yeah, absolutely, Delia. From from your standpoint, and and how do you? Because you and I talked about, I think the last time you were on, uh, about your integration, poor use of that word, about your partnership with a bunch of home builders, right? How do you get folks, you know, like like Henry, to talk to you, you know, integrator to um, to manufacturer, and to get you to help them, right? Not for nothing, but you you've been in the in the, in the industry for for you know, 
a few years and you know your stuff and you know what you're talking about, how do you get them to open up to you and, and help, you know, let them help them help you help them, I guess. Is the help me help them. Yes, yes, exactly. Let me help you. Yes. Uh, you end up having to do it. Like, <laughs> just be with them in the room, go through it once and just prove that there is a method to our madness and closing a sale using the actual tools of a sale. Like, if you go through it from beginning to end the right way, generally speaking, you close a sale. You know, you don't cut corners, you don't skip things, you do a presentation, you make it polished, you build a proposal, and then the next time you do it the exact same way and you keep rolling it out that way. It's just like talking to your peers. It's finding out what's working across the board and doing that instead of continually reinventing the wheel. It's... it's Vin, I am so proud of you because you've done everything that I've been hoping you would do with Cedia and the the idea behind building a a single organization so that we all get to say the same thing and we have the same message and it's a safe place for consumers to come and find qualified people. This is exactly what I was hoping would happen when you took over the, the group. So I'm really glad to see this survey coming out for me. I sit down and have a business conversation with each each dealership who's looking at Claire, because Claire is a business decision, not a, a emotional choice. Mm, okay. If you choose to do Claire, you're doing it for a specific reason, to go after the mainstream market, to change the way that you go after a new client, and looking at the lifetime value of the client, not so much the initial sale. Because mm. I'm not going to get you 10 grand up front, I'm going to get you 10 grand over 10 years, and an RMR, and additional profit that way. So when you talk to a new dealer and say, is this for you, you have to sit down and say, all right, how many jobs do you do? How many guys do you have in the field? How many home touches do you have annually? What's your average ticket sale? Do you have the ability to bring that double it, triple it, quadruple it, even in some cases make it 10 times the amount because you're talking to a builder and the builder is doing 600 homes per year. That's a lot of home touches compared to what you might do when you do 6 to 10 jobs per year. Yeah, right. And that's a completely different business model. So as you sit there with them, you have to really find out if they're going to devote what they need to to turn their business into a profitable way to do these these style of, of homes. And after that complete conversation, then you just say, I'm going to go in with you. I'm going to be right there by your side. We're going to pitch the builder together. And when the builder says yes, I'm going to be right there by your side with the design center to help close those first consumers. And I'm going to be right there to help you make sure you get your first installations done properly. So by the time you get the home 25, this is like clockwork for you. You make me want to sell Claire. And I'm Amen, Celia. Amen. <laughs> I got a new buddy. Henry, you're my new friend. Celia, you make friends so easily. That you're is so true. lovable. She does. And he loves hockey. And he loves hockey. That's a, that's a plus, too. So, Tim, I, yes. I want to talk about the awards yeah. and to, to share with, uh, you know, with your audience uh, what we've done differently this year. Okay. In the past, the Cedia Banquet was held after the show was over, on the Saturday night after the show was over. What we've changed is that now it's the Cedia Awards and Celebration, and it will take place during the first day of the first night of the show. So now the awards have moved to, to Thursday night. Okay. Uh, and uh, Carly Knobloch, the TV personality technologist for HGTV, will be providing the awards. What we wanted to do is make it a more celebratory 
uh, event for our home technology professionals and manufacturers, you know, submitting for their products and their installations. And um, we're also driving mainstream media. That's why I love Gideon you and, you know, uh, B&W and, and, and all of the visibility that they're giving us. But what we're doing is it, the award celebration will be at Gillies. It's open to everyone attending the show. There'll be drinks at first, right? You, you socialize having some drinks. There'll be 30 minutes of awards with Carly Knobloch. Then we go to eating and networking the rest of the evening. So wow. it's one big party. Everyone's invited. Huge game changer, Vin. Huge. Awesome. One, yeah. I can go home. Yeah, that's what. That's right. You can go home. But the next, you know, the very next couple of days, the winners will be celebrating their awards with their peers. Yeah. And what we're looking to do is get getting the winners interviewed with mainstream media. That's huge. That actually is huge because you're right. There's you know, to Delia's point. You, she kind of half joked. I mean, there's a lot of us media yahoos who, who went home on Saturday, right? I mean, I, I would do in the last few years of covering Cedia. You do your interviews, and then by three or four o'clock, you were jumping on a plane so you could get home, right, Delia? For folks who were sponsoring it or exhibiting, members of of the board and. People who were nominated for for the awards, they would stick around, have fun, and, and this and the other. Now we get to do it beforehand, and, and we get to we. I say we. I'm not winning an award, but somebody is. Um, right. You get to hang out and, and celebrate with your friends. I like that. It's very cool. Yeah. So. Well, I I really like that we're going to talk to the people who won. Why did you win? Why is this so awesome? What are you doing to make these projects happen? How are you closing these clients? How are you keeping your property? But like, that's the important part. At the end of the day, you're just like, yep, here you go. Here's your award. Congratulations. You won something and no one hears about it or talks about it again. Very frustrating. You know, and Delia, you know, I've, I've sat through the CD of banquets for many, many years with you. We've danced a, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, at some of them. And, and while they were fun, uh, you're going to see a big difference. This has now moved away from being a stodgy banquet to a real celebration. Very cool. All right. Well, if you're interested, you go obviously go to cedia.org.org uh, to, to find out about the expo. Register for it if you're if you're going again. You get to meet Delia and and become her friend because it's very easy. You know, she's very nice. So, all right, guys, I'll let you go. It's a it's a Monday, so we all have stuff to do. Mr. Ven Bruno, thank you, sir. Thank you. How can people find out about uh, by, find you or find out about you or Cedia? Always feel free to call me at 201-621-1409. Uh, reach me at vbruno at uh, cedia.org. I'm accessible, and I love to talk to people. Incredibly accessible. Probably mm -hmm. one of the nicest guys I've ever met in, in just in AV in general. Just known been a long time. All right, uh, Henry, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Not it's, too bad for your first time. Thanks. In, in, a, in a car. Uh, how can people find you or, uh, or Livewire? Livewire is at uh, www.getlivewire.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. And, and uh, hey, we're, 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 we're around uh, all the trade shows as well. And, you know, we're right here in Richmond. Come, right. come check us out. Come check them out in Richmond, Virginia. So, and last but not least, Miss Delia Hanson. Thank you, ma'am. Always a pleasure. And uh, how can people find you and Claire Controls? Me, I'm at Delia underscore Hanson. That's my Twitter handle. You can find me there. Uh, and then our webpage, the best one to go to for builder information, clairecontrols.com slash builder. 
and you can check out the program, how it works, and if you need want any more information, just fill out the, the form at the end. All right, very good. Uh, my name is Tim Albright, but uh, don't follow me. Uh, go by the website. Lots of smart people put a lot of hard work into it. I wasn't one of them, but other people did. Uh, avianation.tv, avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, we have a weekly uh, commercial AV uh, look, again, half an hour. We call it AV Week. It happens on Fridays. This one happens on Mondays. We have education, social media, and marketing, and a host of others. Right now, we're gearing up for, uh, for Infocom 2016, so we'll have some information there. And as soon as June 11th hits, which is the day after Infocom, we'll start gearing up for Cedia. It's kind of how that whole thing works, so... Uh, avianation.tv avianation.tv thanks so much for listening thanks so much for watching this has been Resi Week